Hello all and welcome to the very first episode of the Chromatic Spaces podcast, where we will be delving into the stories, hardships and journeys of various classical musicians in Singapore. My name's Inkti and I'll be your host throughout the series. This podcast is also sponsored by Chromatic Spaces, the number one in Singapore for live chamber music private performances. Check it out at chromaticspaces.com or drop them an email at help at chromaticspaces.com. Now on to the podcast. Our very first guest today will be a professional double bassist, Julian Lee from Singapore. So a little bit about Julian here. On top of finishing his master's at the University for Music and Performing Arts Graz in Austria, Julian has performed in various other orchestras around the world, such as the Guiyang Symphony Orchestra and the Hangzhou Philharmonic being the double bass principal and the Austrian Youth Orchestra. While working at the Guiyang Symphony Orchestra, he also received the Most Improved Musician Award in 2018, as well as won first place in the Singapore International Double Bass Music Festival competition in 2019. He also clinched first prize in the 2021 Classical Music Competition under the Charleston International Competition, among many other awards. His achievements span far and wide in the classical music scene, and we are now proud to have him performing with us at Chromatic Spaces. Good evening, Julian, and welcome to the very first episode of the Chromatic Spaces podcast. We're very pleased to have you here as our very first guest, and I'm really excited to hear about your story and journey as a double bassist. All right, just to start off, what made you pick up the double bass and want to pursue it further? Hi, Yinti, and hi, everyone. It's a great pleasure to be a, uh, a guest for this podcast interview. So to answer your question, uh, I initially was a pianist. So I used to play the piano when I was young until to the time when I went to secondary school and for the CCA I was playing in the Chinese orchestra and I got chose to play the bass by the conductor and, and that's when uh, it starts heads up until I went to NAFA, the Nanyang Academy of Fine Arts to study and then I pursued all the way after that. So you really enjoyed playing the double bass, like um, even though you wanted to pursue another type of instrument. Uh, initially, my uh, my choice of instrument was uh, percussion in the Chinese orchestra, and because of my size, I was quite a big boy, and because of my knowledge of the score reading, the conductor decided to let me play the bass instead of being percussion and I initially didn't really like the instrument because I, it was huge the strings were thick and it pains the hand a lot when I play and most of the bass parts were boring at first until when I went to the Nine Academy of Fine Arts I met my teacher and he played a lot of uh, recitals and then on I really really got attracted to the instrument yeah. Oh, so you would say your your teacher at the Nanyang Academy of Fine Arts was the one that sort of like inspired you or pushed you forward to continue playing the bass. Yes, that's right. So um, maybe you know sometimes the faculties will have to perform once in a while, 
and when I watched him play the bass, it, I, I got I was astonished because you know not only the bass can sound low, it could also sound very high, like a violin when he played the artificial harmonics on the instrument, and it sounded really cool. And because me personally, I, I like to kind of like hug the instrument, and it, it comes quite natural to me when I play the bass. Yeah. That's quite cute. So you're just like hugging the instrument <laughs> as you play it. <laughs> yeah, it's that's like a bear hugging the tree. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, that's kind of true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So wow. Okay. Then um, so later on, you really really grew to love the instrument such that you decided to take a master's in it, in the masters at the. University of Musical and Performing Arts in Graz, Austria. Correct. Ah oh, yes, that's right. That's right. Because uh, one time one of my teacher, uh, my teacher, he 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 told me on the phone like, uh, I couldn't sleep last night. And I was like, why? Because he said like, um, because you finished your bachelor's in Singapore, and I was thinking of what to do for you. So I couldn't sleep the whole night, and I and I thought about it and. I think you should just go pursue further in overseas, and because he was studying in Austria before in Vienna, so he actually persuaded me to pursue in Vienna. But when I was in Vienna, I met one of the teacher who was lovely. He's very lovely and very motivating. So he told me to follow him to a city called Graz, uh, which is like two and a half hours away from Vienna by high speed train. So yeah. So it is pretty. The the area is really beautiful. I really really love it. Very conducive for learning and practicing, because the city, apart from having a beautiful scenery, uh, it doesn't have a lot of uh, you know, like shopping malls and stuff. Some people might call it boring, <laughs> but to me, I find it very natural and very refreshing. Full of trees. Oh. That's so sweet. Like your teacher spent all night <laughs> thinking yeah. of what better to um support you in your double bass journey, and that's oh my god, that is really sweet. <laughs> so he yeah that's oh right. yeah, so he actually recommended you um to pursue it in Austria, and you really loved the city. I can imagine because I've been to Austria once, and it really is a beautiful city, perfect for music lovers. I would agree. Yeah, so, exactly. yeah. Then okay. So throughout your, throughout your masters in Graz, what did you sort of um experience there, um musically or uh in the school or whatever that you wouldn't have if let's say. You decided to continue studying in Singapore, for example. What were the differences? Or um, uh, in comparing to grads in Singapore, uh, I mean, yeah, grads in Vienna, uh, Austria is a land with a uh, full of culture, like musical culture. Because uh, when I was there, I mean, the architectures and the agriculture they are quite. Old, they kept their heritage, you know, like over the hundred centuries ago. You know, the roads are made of bricks. Uh, the buildings are very old, and and you know, like inside the house, the floors are wooden, and the 
and when you open the when you step on to the floor you're like yeah that kind of sound <laughs> and it's very very old and uh the school it, it has a lot of activities you know you have a lot of concert going on you have like operas you have orchestras you have uh, chamber music you have old music you have new music you have jazz you have all sorts of genres uh, happening in the school and the city so in every week you you'll be seeing a lot of concerts going on in around Austria and and that's the beauty of it you know, if, if you are pursuing a music for Singapore it's actually more of a I find it is more of a jack of all trade city because you know apart from having music you also have a lot of uh, other activities in Singapore you have arts I mean Austria have arts as well but Singapore you have even more other stuff because it's full of cultures in Singapore so that's the differences that I, I find between these two so do you think Singapore has the potential to um, follow Austria's footsteps in that um, it will be full of um, to combine our culture in Singapore together with the numerous arts performances and um, events in Austria? Uh, Singapore is more multicultural because you know apart from classical music Singapore also has like you know new music you have pop music you have like Chinese music, you have Malay music, you have Indian music, you have all sorts of you know music around Singapore, and it is a never ending of uh, having new ideas of Singapore because it's, Singapore is more international that I feel, yeah. So so in a way that is quite different from uh, Austria because Austria is keeping its heritage and the and the cult and the tradition, so Singapore is like keep uh, going on further to upgrading for newer, newer genres, That's interesting. So, wow. So, like, both Austria and Singapore have their own unique identities that they can sort of provide to the music scene. Yeah. Wow, okay. So, then when you graduated, you decided to come back to Singapore to work for a bit. Uh, so, okay, what... What then would be your experience as a uh, orchestral musician? What was the process like? Was it very stressful to audition? Was it very competitive? Oh, okay. Uh, so before I graduated, uh, I decided to look for you know, orchestra jobs around the world. So because in Austria, the, the, com the competition is super high. You know, everyone is so good. Uh, however, the positions available are so limited. So, for example, you will have like fifty participants competing for one position. So that's very competitive. So, uh, apart from Euro, I I found you know that China, uh, has some vacancies for base play a uh, position. So before I graduated, I went over there and I auditioned. So go through the process of auditioning, interviews, and I got it. So, and because Singapore is, uh, China is closer to Singapore, that's why I, I decided to go to China instead of staying in Europe. So, so after I graduated, I went over to China and continued to work for five years in China before coming back to Singapore. Uh, so it was, you were, were you very anxious as you auditioned for these very, very competitive seats in the orchestra? Oh yeah, um, 
naturally it's very you know nervous you at the same time you feel anxiety and anxious but you know you feel the sense of uh, excitement and also uh, accomplishment when you able to fly to another city and to uh, do go through the process and when you win the position the 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 the, jo- the feel the feeling is very joyful it's, it's just no words can describe how happy i was <laughs> oh can understand it's like after so many hours of practice and you finally get a seat in like a really big orchestra i'm actually like just curious like how many hours a day do you practice your instrument uh, when I was, you know, because for Singaporean guys, it's uh, mandatory to go through military. So after finish military, when I was in Singapore, I practiced like minimum six hours, close to ten hours because uh, I have to catch up. You know, the two years of uh, skills that I've lost by not practicing. So when I was in Vienna, uh, sorry, when I was in Austro-Graz in Vienna, because I travel a lot to Vienna. Uh, I do practice minimum six hours as well, but throughout uh, towards my exam, I practice close to ten hours a day. So, Whoa! Yeah. Every single day. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow, <laughs> that is dedication. I mean, well, with that amount of practice every day, I'm not surprised that you managed to get like a bunch of seats in the orchestra. Honestly. <laughs> It, re- it, t- it does take real dedication to practice on an instrument every single day. Like, even myself, I'm currently playing, like, two instruments. I can barely make out one hour of practice a day. So, I admire this perseverance that you musicians have. The amount of patience you need for it, that's really something. Yeah. So, alright. Um, okay, so moving on to... Um, something a bit more general in Singapore like I know that double bass is not um, I would say personally I don't I haven't heard of double bass as often as some of the other orchestral instruments and um, I was just wondering like what do you think of the of its place in the orchestra in maybe in Singapore for example or its place in generally the classical music scene in Singapore? Mm, the bass scene in Singapore is quite, I would say, not progressing fast, like stagnant, while, you know, the the, pro- the progress for the violins, cellos, piano, and flutes, they are quite commonly, you know, chose by the, the kids to learn. So, not many people will quite understand, you know, the the, the literature and also the the fun of the instrument, the bass instrument, and it it takes a lot of you know like a lot of effort for those people who don't understand the instrument to really enjoy playing the instrument, unless they they themselves see and listen the someone else playing this instrument uh wonderfully, which they will be more motivated. So I feel that in Singapore, this bass instrument is quite, it's like a underrated instrument, I would say. <laughs> yeah. mm, underrated. 
Yeah, I sort of agree actually. I did watch some of your bass performances and I never really I've never really heard a double bass being performed like as a solo before. So it's interesting actually. Yeah. But I would say like the double bass it's more difficult, right? Um than um other normal instruments because of how string instruments especially because of how big it is, right? Uh, yes, because of the the string length like you know, the violins, you know, you, for one end to the other, you just take a one small effort or, you know, like just a, a little bit of twisting your wrist from one first position to the highest position if your hands are big. But for the bass, you have to really bring your hand from up and then all the way down. You know, I have a long, a bit long arms, thankfully, that I still have to really reach up and down and it's like tries the effort of a violins to play, you know, one end to the other end. And I mean to to describe a little bit of how long the the ratio between the bass and the violin is like one bass of the string length is equivalent to minimum at least five or six violins, that kind of thing. <laughs> so the string length is really long. <laughs> oh wow, yeah. five to six violins. <laughs> yeah. Well wow, that's kinda of maybe hard to I mean exaggerating. <laughs> but it is like maybe maybe um, the string net it could be between hundred and three to hundred and six centimeters long, I would say. That's quite long actually. <laughs> wow. So good yeah, good thing you have long arms. If not you really would have struggled. <laughs> so in a sense to become a bass player, would you also um do you think it would be manageable for like short and small people or do you really think that like your own size like as a person does matter in like how easily you can pick up the instrument for example mm, the physical aspect is it does count you have you know advantages if you if you have a bigger hands but what matters it counts inside you the, the flame inside you because there was once I joined a competition in uh, Germany my Kirchen. I saw this you know the, this this lady uh, girl she's I would say quite petite maybe shorter than 160 centimeters but when she played the bass I was so overwhelmed by her energy you know her sound and and I couldn't tell she's a girl but I mean you know you know before she plays, you know, she was very elegant, she bowed, smiling, you know, very elegant. But when she played, it's like, changed completely into another person. <laughs> and and I was really, really overwhelmed by her. It's like, wow, you know, I mean, I was very uh, impressed, like, you know, with, with, with her height and her size, she could actually play really amazingly. So it, it, what matters is the flame inside a person, like how, how passionate. <laughs> He plays the instrument. Some people can be very big, but you know, some people are just yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it does come oh. to have the advantages with the size, like you. Right. So basically, you just need the flame and the passion within you to play your instrument well. No, I fully agree. I fully agree. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, okay, so we are reaching towards the end of the podcast. Um, just wondering, like, is there just one thing you would like to advise to future double bass players or people who might be interested to pick up the instrument or, or and are a bit afraid to? Like, what would you tell them? Oh, okay. So if if I mean to the to the kids out there, if you have been chose to play the the instrument, don't be disheartened. 
the bass instrument is actually quite a fun instrument to play just that you have to really understand the physics of it and also uh, finding a fun piece the right piece to play and also to I mean to the peers out there who I mean to their peers when they see you know those kids playing the bass do encourage them uh, because you know we bass players we, we, we need a lot of effort to for example carry the instruments and also need a lot of effort to create a nice sound because the string thickness is a lot thicker than you know like violin cello so do encourage them and also basically bass players can be cool because because of the large instruments you know we we, we, we tend to be more energetic so <laughs> so they are they can be cool yeah and bass players are cool also, yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> and and they can be united because you know we play such a big instrument and when we unify together the section can be amazing so so do encourage each other and don't 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 give up learning an instrument yeah very very sound advice yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay now this makes me interested to try a bass instrument a double bass it is a big boy but you know, after after listening to you and all your advice, it is it is definitely possible for anyone out there to pick up any instrument as long as you have the passion within you. <laughs> also, thankfully, there's due to because of new technology, bass comes in various sizes. There are small sizes, so Ooh. those small kids can learn to play the half size instrument, the bass. You can play Ooh. the half size bass. Half size bass. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah, it's very cute. <laughs> yeah, it's very cute. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> so yeah kids can learn as well <laughs> that is so cute okay <laughs> now that makes it much more accessible and easier to pick up yeah well then yeah. that concludes our interview today thank you so much Julian for you, taking the time so to uh, talk to me and share your journey as a classical musician and I really really look forward to watching you perform one day in person uh, fingers crossed Yes, hope to see you again, and I really wish you all the best. Thank, Thank you. you. All the best to you too. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into the very first episode of the Chromatic Spaces podcast. I've learned so much more about an instrument that I personally haven't heard much about, the double bass, as well as Julian's experience as a classical musician. I hope you all enjoyed the episode as well, and until then... See ya!